best friends and introverts, welcome back to the spooky edition of the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining for the very first time. As always, I am your host, Chelsea Brown. This week, we are going to be talking about famous ghosts. Some of these ghosts are seen in specific places, some are seen all over the world by multiple people, so multiple accounts, and maybe one is behind you right now. But before we get into all of that, we are going to do our customary mental health check. You're going to rate your mental health from one to five, one being horrible, five being amazing. Today, I think I'm at about a four. I'm feeling pretty good, but my left hand is very swollen. Um, I'm making something for my mother-in-law for her birthday. Like we got her a gift and I'm making like a creative way to give it to her and I'm doing that with crochet and I'm actually pretty decent at crochet now. But when you do it for nine hours straight, the the pain in your grip hand is is pretty intense for me at least. Maybe I'm gripping it too hard. I don't know. But the pieces that I'm working on are like really small, so it's kind of hard to, you know, get everything moving. But yeah, so my hand is a little swollen. It's a little hot <laughs> today, so it's kind of irritated. And I still have to finish it by tonight. So ignore the fact that I am heavily procrastinating everything in my life per usual. Otherwise, I feel pretty good. I've gotten my client work through with for the week. I have some coming up next week, but I'm not too worried about it. Considering doing National Novel Writing Month in November, but not sure. I might I might just do it because I'm really struggling to like fall in love with my current story, which makes me not want to write it. So I don't know. I might just give myself the like you have 30 days to write a novel and figure it out. So maybe that'll work. It's worked for me in the past. So maybe. But I'm doing pretty good for the most part. Um, I will also tell you that I have been on the hunt for a decent pillow. Here's the thing. I can sleep pretty much anywhere on pretty much anything. I remember my husband and I were traveling and he has this like three pillow system that he sleeps with every night and there were only three pillows in the hotel room. I just slept on the decorative pillows, like the little square ones, and I know that they're probably very germ infested and have never been washed, but I was able to sleep on that just fine. No issues. But as I get older, I get a little more picky about how I sleep. So I have these really big king size fluffy pillows and I've been sleeping on my back very often, which means that I wake up with my neck crunched to my chest. So I have been searching for a decent pillow. I've gone through two or three that I have sent back and I think I finally have a winner. It is the purple harmony pillow in the mid loft. It's, it's a very unique experience, I will tell you that. However, it brings together the softness that I like from a down pillow, but with the support that I like from a foam pillow and just like slams it together in a very comfortable package. The first night was a little weird because you can feel like the hex pattern on the pillow, even through like your pillowcase. So, and it's not uncomfortable, it's not hard, but it's just like, that's weird. I'm used to like a smooth texture. But the second night I woke up this morning 
and I didn't know what year it was. I didn't know who I was. It was wild. I haven't slept that deeply in a long time and I'm still having like my crazy vivid nightmare dreams. So even with the nightmare, I still woke up feeling like rested, which has not happened in a very long time. So the pillow is wildly expensive, just FYI, but in my opinion, that would be the only con that I could say about this pillow at the moment. So if you're looking for a good one and you want to invest in one, the Purple Harmony is the way to go. This is not an ad, by the way, but if Purple wants to sponsor me, I wouldn't be mad about it at all. Don't forget that this is also your time to check in with yourself, ask yourself how you're really doing, rate your mental health from one to five. Again, one being horrible, five being amazing, and no matter how you're feeling, it is perfectly okay. We accept any and all mental health ratings here, and no matter how you're feeling, we're still going to talk about ghosts. So just FYI, this is going to be like a spooky episode, so maybe, maybe you don't want your children listening, maybe you want to not listen to this at night, I don't know, it's a little spooky. And I'm sitting in a closet right now that is quite dark. So I'm, I'm doing this to myself. I am recording in the morning, hoping that it will, you know, help me feel a little less spooked. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Remains to be seen. While you are thinking about your mental health rating, I am going to give you my recommendations for the week. Since we're talking about ghosts and hauntings, I have two ghosty type movies for you. The first one is The Conjuring. The Conjuring is a phenomenon, I feel like. And I'm talking about specifically the original The Conjuring. I feel that the franchise began to lose a little of its ingenuity, I guess, as it went on and leaned more into scary imagery and jump scares to sell tickets versus investing more in the story than the scariness. To me, The Conjuring is actually a very good haunted kind of story and it really sets up the whole scene versus just jumping right into something spooky. So if you've never seen The Conjuring or never heard of it, the general idea is that there's this couple, their names are Ed and Lorraine Warren, they're like essentially ghostbusters, like they come and help people who are having issues with hauntings in their house and they come to the aid of the Perrin family. The Perrin family just moved into this old farmhouse, they're fixing it up and they're starting to experience some really, really creepy stuff. They're seeing stuff, they're hearing stuff, they're finding dead animals, like the weirdness is beyond weird. This is based on a true story, by the way, and it happens in Rhode Island in 1971. This movie, I might watch it again today. I actually really enjoy it. I know that it's kind of a hit or miss for horror movie fans because some people think that Again, the imagery is just too much or it doesn't have the same flavor that a classic horror movie would. And to me, that's okay. I don't need it to be the same flavor. I just need it to be a good flavor, you know? So for me, The Conjuring is actually quite a good horror movie. Still creeps me out to this day. There's some scenes that I like don't love to look at because the imagery is quite scary. But that one is like a really good one if you want to be spooked. This is definitely like a dark and stormy night kind of watch. 
The next recommendation I have is actually twofold, but it's the same movie, essentially. It is Poltergeist, both the new one and the old one. The old one is a classic, so in my opinion, you should start with the old one. I think it's from the 80s, if I'm not mistaken. But the basic idea is that this family moves into a new house, it's new construction, and weird things start happening to them. Like very odd, haunting things. They have all their silverware on the ceiling kind of stuff. Things are just moved around all the time. Their child is seeing things and hearing things. And it really just escalates once they try to remove the presence from the house. So Poltergeist is honestly a classic and a classic haunting movie. Poltergeists are spirits, but I don't know that I would technically say that they're ghosts. However, I did want to kind of include it in my recommendations section for this episode because a haunted being is is kind of like what we're what we're leaning towards. And honestly, same with the conjuring. The conjuring wasn't really, I mean, it does definitely have ghosts, but I believe it also has like demons as well. So we're talking like haunted spirits for these wrecks this week. So anyway, definitely watch the old version of the Pol- of Poltergeist. It is a classic and I won't give away the ending, even though like, I don't know if I can spoil something that's almost 50 years old, but you know, some people haven't seen it, so I will wait. The new version of Poltergeist was actually surprisingly good. I watched it on an airplane years ago and I like put it on as I was trying to go to sleep because I was like, no way that this is going to be scary. We're in the age of remakes. Like this is just going to be a low budget whatever film. And it was actually pretty good. Like it was what I hoped for from a remake. It's essentially the same story, the same concept, but with better effects and better acting and like all of our modern technology from today put toward that old story. So I highly recommend both of them, to be honest. So take these recommendations, go forth, get spooked. But first, we're going to get into our episode and we're going to talk about some ghosts. Now, what made me want to talk about ghosts besides the fact that we are obviously in October and Halloween is literally next week. I believe that I have experienced and encountered spirits in my life, okay? For instance, I believe I told you last week when we were talking about near-death experiences that my aunt died when I was a kid and she had a near-death experience. She saw the angels and she passed away. There was this picture of her in my bedroom and my bedroom for a period of time while we're like moving and stuff ended up being a catch-all for all of the boxes that we hadn't sorted through. So there was this picture of her sitting in a chair and I would stare at it all night because I would swear that she's looking back at me. And it's not just like, ooh, a trick of the light because I'd turn on the light and like the quality of the photo that's making it look like she's looking back at me is gone. Turn off the light, it's back. I don't know. It actually kind of creeped me out as a kid because I I had the concept that my aunt had died. And 
death is like a scary unknown thing, especially as a child. Like all you know as a kid is that when someone passes away, they're gone. Like I, I'm sure my parents said something about going to heaven or a better place or blah, blah, blah. But like the fact is that we don't know. And even as a kid, I knew that we don't know. And so the idea that someone is dead, but they're like watching me is creepy. Fast forward to more modern day. And I feel like my aunt is still watching over me. And this might sound a little like weird, but we're just going to go with it because we're talking about ghosts today. I don't know that I've seen my aunt's ghost per se, but I have come in very close contact with hawks, like the bird. And I've always associated hawk with her. If I'm not mistaken, it was actually her last name. And I say if I'm not mistaken because like the family tree kind of gets a little, (laughs) a little crazy at times. Not sure whose last name is what, but I believe it was Hawk. And in any case, I've always associated Hawks with her. So I've had like very close contact with Hawks who are typically not like friendly birds. They're predator birds. They're falcons. And they're not trying to be around people. But I remember one time in particular, I was in high school and I was delivering newspapers because that's what job I had with my brother. It was actually technically his job. He was the only one who got paid, but (laughs) that's beside the point. I was really depressed at the time and I was just trudging along delivering papers. I turned the corner of this house and in one of their low trees a hawk is like three feet away from me. I'm not like no exaggeration, three feet away from me. And this animal is literally just looking at me and looking at me in a way not like, oh my gosh, who is this person? Fly away, which is what I would expect a bird to typically do. But it was just looking at me like it knew me. And I felt like in that moment that it was my aunt who was just saying like, hey, I'm here for you. You're not alone kind of thing. And so ever since then, and honestly before then, but that's the one that sticks out, I have felt like my aunt's been with me, particularly every time I see a hawk. And whenever I do, they're always like way close to me, which is very strange, I think. On the flip side, I feel like I've also encountered some spirits that are not so friendly. And we will talk about the one in my house in high school. So in the eighth grade, my family moved into this house and we ended up staying there because my stepfather retired. Now, that house was obviously not new Um, I forget what year it was built in, but it was not a recent build either. The house has history, right? Any old house has history. And I kind of always had a vibe about the house. Like, being alone always felt odd, especially upstairs, which is where my bedroom was. So, every night, I would go to sleep or lay in bed and I'd turn and look at my door. I always slept with my door open and standing right by the door was this male figure. It was not a person because I would turn on the lamp by my bed 
figure would go away. Turn off the lamp, figure's back. I didn't have like a hat rack, a coat rack, or anything that could be casting a shadow or looking like a person. So every night, this black figure, shadow person thing, would just watch me. Never moved, except for like shifting the weight from side to side. Like when you've been standing for a long time and you just shift your weight onto your left foot or your right foot. Only that occasionally, but never approached me, never said anything. But every night when the lights were off, dude was there. So I'm not entirely sure that the the spirit or whatever was malicious because nothing happened. But I'm not really someone who loves to be watched, okay? Particularly when I'm sleeping. And the the gaze of this spirit or whatever felt um it didn't feel nice. It didn't feel like I was running into another hawk in close quarters. It felt like someone was looking at me who didn't like me very much. And you know what? That might be the case. Maybe he just didn't like me very much. Maybe I was in the room that he lived in or he died in. I don't know. But that was, that carried on for years. We, I lived in that house for five years and it kind of, it kind of always gave a vibe and always had the dude. And as a side note, my room also had two crawl spaces One of which gave me the worst feeling, like that anxiety pit in your stomach, like something bad happened here. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I can just feel that. I can feel that just something about the energy of the place just does not feel right. I wouldn't say that I'm like spiritual. I wouldn't say that I'm like a witch or anything like that. If anything, I'm pretty skeptical. But I know what I feel. I know what I see. And that crawl space, it was in the back of my closet. And it had this creepy little door. And it was long. It was like 20 feet long. And gave me the worst feeling. I wouldn't go in there unless I had to. And I had somebody else in the room with me. It was, it was extremely bad vibes. So... All of that got me thinking, right? I'm curious, first of all, if whoever lived in that house before my family and I saw the old man ghost, who was very tall, by the way, he was almost as tall as the door jam. But I'm like, are there ghosts that like travel between places or are there ghosts that just stay in one place? Because my high school ghost Dude stayed in one place, but my aunt seems to be able to fly around, as it were. So, I found some some ghosts who are seen in multiple places and in singular places. The first ghost I'm going to tell you about is called the Vanishing Hitchhiker. Just outside of Baltimore, there's a main road from New York. It's called Route 1. And it's crossed by another important highway. It is a dangerous intersection and people have always talked about building an underpass or an overpass to try to mitigate the danger of this particular intersection. However, nothing has happened and dangerous intersection still exists. 
So this doctor was driving home one night. It was Saturday. He came to the intersection and he saw this young girl. She's dressed in like this evening gown. That's sheer. And I'm like, of course it is. Of course it's a sheer evening gown. However, if a ghost is in the middle of the road, some woman with a sheer evening gown, I will floor it through that intersection. I will not be stopping. I will not be asking if you're okay. If it's a real person, I hope that you have a phone to call an Uber because I will not be the Uber for you. Anyway, he's like surprised to see her and she's like, hey, can I have a lift? Like she's doing the the thumbs up thing, like hitchhiking. And he slams on the brakes and he's like, yeah, come in, get in. And he's like, oh, just get in the back seat. I'm sorry. It's so dirty back there. But like, what are you doing out here all alone? It's the middle of the night on Saturday. The girl is like, it's too long a story to tell you now. I will tell you when I get home. Please just take me home. So she gives him an address and she's like, oh, I hope it's not too far out of your way. And the doctor's like, no problem. Even if it was, he was taking her home. So he's driving to the address. He pulls up to the house and the house is like completely dark, which he's like, okay, maybe the girl is the only one that lives there, whatever. He turns around to the back seat, and the back seat is completely empty. There's nobody in there. So the doctor's like, what the heck? So he parks the car, gets out the car, goes to the house and rings the doorbell, just in case someone else lived there. As it turns out, yes, someone else lives there. It's the girl's parents. And the guy... It's like, hey, um, I had your daughter in the back seat, but I don't know what happened. She's not there. And the guy's like, I know, I know this has happened many other Saturday evenings in the past month. That girl was my daughter. She was killed in a car accident at that intersection two years ago. This vanishing hitchhiker is a very common spirit to be seen. It's not only seen at that particular intersection either. It's seen all over the world and people claim that they pick pick the girl up, try to take her home, and when they get to the house, she's not she's not in the back seat. Some people have also knocked on the door of the house where they end up and just so happens that yes, the girl used to live there, but she died X amount of years ago. That's creepy to me. I don't know if it's the same ghosts or if ghosts are hitchhiking and honestly the only time that you would catch me hitchhiking is if I were already dead because I don't okay sidebar I don't understand how anyone actually did this like for real I'm not there is no way on earth I am standing on the side of the highway hoping somebody, some random person, will pick me up and take me somewhere. Uh, Absolutely not. They'll probably take me somewhere, but take me to wherever they're going to kill me because no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't understand how anyone ever did that. So maybe now that the ghosts are dead, they're like, oh, now it's safe to hitchhike because I'm already deceased. Please take me home. That to me is like, a neutral ghost. Not friendly, not helpful, but also not malicious. Like, it's not attacking the person. The next very famous ghost is one name that I'm sure that you have heard of, and that is Mr. Abraham Lincoln. 
If you remember, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in 1865 by John Wilkes Booth, and he was, of course, killed in the theater. However, his ghost has popped up in a number of different locations, including his grave, the theater where he died, and most commonly in the White House, in, naturally, the Lincoln bedroom. This isn't something that just, like, spiritualists or whatever have seen or claimed to see. There are many heads of state, including Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands, who opened the door to the Lincoln bedroom and fainted because she saw Abraham Lincoln standing there when she opened the door. More recently, Eleanor Roosevelt, who had a dog that would bark at Abraham Lincoln, or his ghost, I should say. And there's this, uh, this more famous story of Winston Churchill, who got out of the bathtub, walked into the Lincoln bedroom, and he saw Abraham Lincoln standing by the fireplace. Supposedly, Churchill says, good evening, Mr. President, you seem to have me at a disadvantage. And then Lincoln vanishes. Now, I don't know much about Winston Churchill, but I can't imagine that seeing the man freshly naked out of the bathtub is an enjoyable sight. So I'm assuming that Abraham Lincoln poofed out of there in an effort to get that image out of his ghost brain forever. That's, I mean, it's crazy to me that people can still linger and that multiple people see it. To me, when multiple people see something, particularly someone so famous as Abraham Lincoln, I think we all kind of have an idea of what Abraham Lincoln looks like. So the fact that many people have seen him and many respected people have seen him, that to me is like, yes, this is real. There's, I mean, this is evidence. This is, of course, it's human testimony or I guess human testimony, but memory is fallible. I don't know. But when multiple people see it, I'm like, this is real. This next one is very famous and also is allegedly the only ghost in America on record whose testimony was successfully used to convict her own murderer. So let me tell you about this Greenbrier ghost. There's a woman named Zona Heaster. She lived in Greenbrier County, West Virginia in the late 1800s. In 1896, she married a weirdo drifter named Edward Shue, who 100% killed her. But her death was attributed to natural causes after Shu freaked out the doctor until he ran away. So Shu like terrorized the doctor that came to look at her. And the doctor's like, okay, natural causes, bye, I'm out of here. The original diagnosis was everlasting faint, which sounds like definitely something that people died of in the 1800s. I don't know. It could have just been like a heart attack. It could have been an aneurysm, but I'm not sure in the 1800s if they had a word for that. So they called it the everlasting faint. Fortunately, Zona's mother, Mary, didn't trust the weirdo husband and honestly go mom because the husband is always the number one suspect, okay? But it's not just because the husband was a weirdo that Zona's mom didn't believe the diagnosis. It was because for four nights, her daughter's ghost, allegedly, appeared to her and explained that Shu had broken her neck. So she's like, mom, 
this guy broke my neck. My husband broke my neck. That's how I died. And to prove it, she turns her head completely around, completely around until her ghost face is backwards. Okay. <clears throat> this is a PSA to any and all of my friends or anyone who might come to haunt me to tell me that they were murdered and didn't die of natural causes. If you turn your head around and you're like, this proves that he broke my neck. No, just tell me in words, give me some other kind of evidence because a ghost doing ghost things, first of all, I'm going to be traumatized. Okay. I'm going to be traumatized for life. And there's no possible way that I'm going to be able to use this information in a positive way to get your killer. Okay. Second of all, you're just doing a ghost thing. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not helping. It's not helping. It proves nothing to me. So don't traumatize me. Don't do that. Don't do that. Find other evidence. Bring it to me. Okay. Don't do the neck turnaround thing. Okay. Anyway, Mary, Zona's mom, demanded an autopsy and surprise, surprise, it revealed that Zona's neck was broken. During the trial, the prosecutor tried to keep Mary's ghostly visitor a secret, but the defense asked about the ghost extensively in an attempt to undermine Mary's credibility, obviously. And I feel like talking about a ghost in the 1800s, I think the witch trials were like in the 1600s. But that's like kind of, I mean, it's kind of recent, like recent enough that I wouldn't be like, hey guys, maybe I'm a witch because I see ghosts, you know, like that doesn't seem like the move. So obviously the defense is trying to make Zona's mom look crazy. The prosecutor was trying to avoid that entirely. However, this strategy completely backfired because if anyone in history has ever believed in ghosts, it is definitely the West Virginia Hill people from the 1800s. West Virginia Hills are creepy. Um, I think that they are the ones that are famous for the skinwalkers. If you've ever watched like skinwalker TikTok, it is absolutely wild. So these people are definitely like believers in ghosts and spirits. So the husband went to jail, Zona's ghost was never seen again, and the state erected a historical marker about the Greenbrier ghost as a sort of sorry you got murdered kind of gift. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. And I feel like even in the cases of death by natural causes, like if someone has a heart attack or something, unless we know that for sure, like they were in the hospital and multiple doctors witnessed this and confirmed, I feel like an autopsy should be standard, you know? Because if someone dies of natural causes just at their house, mm, little suspicious, particularly if the husband is acting super weird to keep the doctor away. I don't know. Just my two cents. Okay. The next famous ghost that I want to talk about is one that I know that you have heard of, and it is Bloody Mary. She is the subject of a sleepover ritual. You know, you look into the mirror with the candle, you say Bloody Mary three times, and she's supposed to appear. I've never done it. I've never done that. I will not do it to this day. I don't know what will happen. I don't care to know. Mirrors in the dark kind of freak me out anyway. And I'm not into it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. No, thank you. No, thank you. If you did it and lived to tell the tale, congratulations. Good job. Um, I won't be testing it. 
I believe you. I believe that you did it and lived to tell the tale. But what you might not know about Bloody Mary, besides like the the spirit aspect, is that it's actually based on a true story. Mary was supposed to have been this beautiful woman who was so vain that she couldn't help but stare at herself wherever she went. And honestly, this is relatable because every mirror I pass, I look at myself. I don't know what it, it's just a reflex at this point. So call me Bloody Mary, I guess. Anyway, unfortunately, a horrible accident left her injured and disfigured. So from that point forward, she was forbidden to look in mirrors because people were afraid that she would go crazy upon seeing her reflection. But one night, she snuck a mirror into her room and she saw her face. She started crying. She started freaking out. She wasn't able to look at herself any longer. So she merged into her reflection and vowed to harm and disfigure anyone who dared summon her while staring into a mirror. I don't know how one merges into the mirror, but that is something I don't want to find out either. What I think is somewhat more plausible, somewhat, I say, is that she sees herself, she ends her life, her spirit then is like, anytime someone summons me in a mirror, I am going to hurt them. That seems more realistic than she merges into a mirror. Like, what is that? I don't know. But yeah, uh, catch me never doing the Bloody Mary thing. I will not do, th- I will not do the Bloody Mary thing. I will not mess with Ouija boards. Like, you will catch me doing none of the things that could potentially summon a spirit of some kind. I don't know if it works. I'm not trying to find out if it works. I don't know how to do it properly, so I would probably summon something I don't want. I am trying to manifest and invite only good things into my life. And those two activities seem to not do that. So, yeah, absolutely not. The final ghost is one that you might see whether you invite them in or not. And this dude is commonly known as the Hat Man. The Hat Man is a shadow creature or a demon that is said to be wearing a top hat or a fedora and a trench coat. He is described as a watcher, though some claim to have been attacked by him. He is most often seen during sleep paralysis, which I've never personally experienced, but it sounds absolutely terrible. And this dude has been described for as long as written records have existed. So this goes way back in history. This is not just, oh, I saw it on a show or I read about it on Reddit. So now I see it in my sleep paralysis. Like dude has been seen all over the world by multiple people at multiple times. It is wild. He is so prevalent that there's actually a blog dedicated to stories and encounters with him. And so I went to the blog and I found one of the stories for you. And I'm going to read it now. I recall having numerous encounters with a shadowy figure in my bedroom mirror as a young girl. I would often wake thinking there was a man in a hat watching me sleep. These were often accompanied by dreams of being carried away on a pallet on the shoulders of six male figures like a princess. I remember it seems as though each encounter began with with the hat man in the mirror, then being transported to a sunny meadow field where I would find myself atop the pallet being carried toward a shadowy barn. The experience was also accompanied by intense feelings of love and adoration that seemed wonderful at first, but were really hollow, empty, and some kind of ruse. These dreams continued from the age of 10 through 15. This would also occur at my friend's homes when I slept over. There were a lot of Ouija boards and paranormal encounter seeking. 
hello do not do not do that if you don't want a ghost following you don't no stop stop it's gonna be a no for me you know it's it's gonna be an absolute no for me i don't want to experience this i again will not be seeking paranormal encounters if i happen to encounter something that is something else but I'm not welcoming that into my life. I am honestly rejecting that and only accepting good things. And as I was reading about the hat man and as I was researching, I was like, did I see the hat man when I was in high school? Is that who was watching me? I don't know. That was weird. It was kind of like a weird, like a glitch in the matrix kind of feeling. So I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Is is that you? You know what I mean? So maybe it was him. I don't know. I don't remember seeing a hat. I remember he was very tall and would just watch me. I would say that he was probably wearing a trench coat of some kind because his arms and legs weren't really defined. But yeah, um, that's a no for me. That's a no for me. So, all of that said, I would like to hear about the scariest thing that ever happened to you. I have some truly spooky stories to scare, to share, (laughs) to scare, (laughs) to share next week. And some of them are paranormal, some of them are not. And maybe you want to throw yours into the mix. I don't know. But we're going to be doing scary stories next week. And maybe I will post some TikToks in costume. I don't know. I'll think about it. I would also like to know if you have ever encountered a ghost. And if so, was it friendly? Was it malicious? Does it still haunt you to this day? Is there one with you right now? Let me know. Let me know. I'll put the little question box on Spotify and you can answer me there or you can always send me a DM at your so quiet pod y-o-u-r-e so quiet pod and follow me there if you're not already you can also if you're feeling very nice and spooky and want to give me a treat this Halloween season you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or honestly anywhere you listen to podcasts any and all ratings and reviews of five stars are are greatly appreciated. I'm really looking forward to next week. I can't wait to share these scary stories with you. I will talk to you soon. I love you so much. We'll get into it next week. Okay. Love you. Bye.